Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of VR Download, weekly show broadcast usually Mondays at noon Pacific or noon 08 Pacific from the Upload Virtual Studios here. I'm your host, Kyle. This is the show where we talk about industry news and hardware, stuff like that. The gaming show, Gamescast is on Thursdays, but uh, yeah. Let's see what we got going on today. To my left, who do I have with me on the panel today? Hello, everyone. Ian Hamilton here coming to you from Northwest Arkansas, which is now apparently on the list of like up and coming tech places uh, beyond Austin because we have like dozens and dozens of miles of hiking and biking trails around us. And our initials are AR. My address looks like I'm already in the augmented reality future. Are they calling it like the Silicon Basin or something like that? <laughs> what do they got? Yeah, I don't know what its name is yet. <laughs> David Heaney here. I'm from Northern Ireland, and I'm excited to talk about this week's news. See, I don't ever say where I'm from because I'm in Seattle. I can spit on Facebook Reality Labs or Meta Reality Labs. It's just right down the road. So let's dig into this first piece of news today. Quest. Version 35 update to add iPhone mixed reality capture and messenger calling. Quest version 35 update is coming soon to a headset near you and brings with it mixed reality capture and more fresh details right here. This is exciting. So I just updated my headset. Version 35 is on my headset for the first time in a long time. I'm not waiting days to get this after everybody else. I'm always last. I don't know. So, yeah, what do, we, what do we know about this? How exciting is this, Ian? It's obviously been years and years in the making to see it get to this state. I was playing with mixed reality back in, it had to have been 2016, maybe into 2017, when uh, Fantastic Contraption did some of the pioneering work there where yep, I did you that. Yep, yep. output a like a 4K a picture to a 4K screen, and then each quadrant is a 1080p, and you can layer like a uh, a front and a back, and then put your VR self in the middle, and then you could even track that camera with a track movement around a room, and you could do this thing to pull off mixed reality in maybe two or three games that that could support it realistically without incredible amounts of calibration every single time. There's some great apps out there that support this, Live, as well as there's some open source options out there that uh, have been built upon in various ways. I remember I think we found out that Mark Zuckerberg had used some of those open source tools at some point, I think, in some of his streams. We were able to figure that out, like he was using some of the community-built tools out there. And now we've got this official solution out of Meta that is going to roll out on lots and lots of devices. And as soon as you've got lots of support and apps, it's going to really unlock the ability to see what people are doing in VR in a way we haven't really seen before. So he, here's my thing with mixed reality and, and why, because somebody is actually asking the triangulator. That's a good name. I like that. Do people like mixed reality streams of VR? I think it's neat, but here lots of folks poo-poo it a bit. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people, unfortunately, who still don't understand what VR is. And the mixed reality is 
the entry level version of showing people what VR is. Because if all is just somebody waving their hands around or slamming their head into a TV, that's not going to sell it. But when you see this, that's nifty. And everybody wants to at least get their first taste, be something a little bit more comprehensive as to what they're doing when they see somebody in VR. So I really do think that this is entry level. Mm. I don't know. Heaney, what's your take on mixed reality? I'm really curious. Yeah, I think like Ian said, we've seen this around for years since 2016. But what we're really seeing now is every year it gets easier and easier for creators to build videos like this. And and I completely agree with you. It does show what it's like to be in a virtual reality experience far more than just showing the first person. Because even back in May, the Oculus app had the ability to show your body overlaid on a first person view. But now we finally get what everyone's been waiting for, which is that third person viewpoint from behind. Yeah, I'm looking at comments here, one from Bicycle in particular saying they haven't been able to get any of these features to work on their phone. I did get uh, one of the features. I got like the older uh, live overlay one, but I haven't been able to get this one up and running either. And phone notifications are still dead on arrival for me as well. So I'm in the same boat as Bicycle there. And it's taken you know quite a long time. I've had a lot of these updates there, just haven't been able to access these features. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So for MediaSync, you actually need to enable it from inside VR. You can't enable that from the phone app itself. So if you're seeing your MediaSync area blank, you need to go to the Files app inside the Quest and go into the corner and enable Sync there. And going back to the people poo-pooing this feature comment, like the thing that's always been troublesome is uh, camera placement per app is what makes or breaks this experience and if you go see what other what some youtubers have done there's some incredible content creators out there doing just amazing work with camera zooms and like shifting over the scene as they're zooming to center the image on the action so you really get a sense of like being there over the shoulder but i think the thing i'm going to bring up here is I'm curious how much third-party camera support ends up being one of these meta features. Like, can you have third-party cameras across different platform systems? Or is it always going to be built-in camera tools? Do you mean third-party as in software or third-party hardware? I'm meaning in the real world, people have selfie Mm. sticks and they hold them up and they do this and they pose themselves with their friends in a social space. And this has already been built into some of uh, Facebook's like tools. But like that's a, every time I've seen these or most of the time that I've seen these, at least on Quest, at least it's a built in like, all, all video capture is built into the actual system layer, whereas on PC, it's a little bit more open. So correct me if I'm wrong, Heaney, because I know you'll have the right answer here, but I'm going to try to answer Ian, and then I'll let you correct me. The re- Somebody said, oh, geez, it's already on iPhone, but it's not on Android yet or whatever. The idea of the camera itself, it's all about drivers on the hardware and having one camera. Because on iPhone, Everything is very obvious. There's not like 800 different models of it. So it's easy to support the iPhone right out of the box. 
With the Android, though, you've got this camera uses this driver and connects to the interface this way and this way. And so for your third party, really what you're talking about is how does it actually it's going to be more difficult because there's so many different varieties of hardware. And I think that is the big challenge. I don't know, Heaney, now that you can parse that out and tell me what I said that's wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I think in terms of what Meta's offering here, it is just through the smartphone app. So it's directly running on a smartphone. Boz did mention in his Ask Me Anything, Andrew Bosworth, the upcoming CTO of Meta, that this is something they're looking into for Android. I think the limitation there right now is that they use AR kits human segmentation on iOS, which is explains it being for the iPhone XS and above, because that's what ah. Apple supports. But for Android, Facebook's Meta is going to have to build its own human segmentation, which we actually know it is working on for messenger and Instagram effects. But it's a question of can they deploy that into the Oculus app anytime soon? Boz says they're working on it, but he doesn't have any timeline to share. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Do I need a green screen to do this? No, but it might improve the performance of some situations if you if you do it right. But I, I have yet to test either situation. Yeah, so the, more I, uniform, I the more uniform your background is, the easier that this tool is going to have a time at segmentation because it is just ARKit's machine learning-based segmentation. If you do have a very complex background behind you, you're going to see bits of it leak out on the side, just like a bad green screen job. But in general, if you have a, a, a wall that is not covered with objects or posters, you should get a pretty good result on this. I, I think the thing that a lot of people struggle with, and I know I did in the very beginning, is lighting is so very important anytime you're doing anything like this. Any type of mixed reality. If you're in a dark, dingy, you know, dungeon-y type of room, which is what I've tried to do a hundred times, you're going to have a bad time. You want to make sure you've got very evenly lit, bright, but not too bright that it causes hot spots. There's some finesse in terms of getting mixed reality working. And I, I applaud people who get it done. I've seen some good and I've seen some bad. I feel like this is something like, does, does our audience want to see, does, do you guys want to see upload VR do mixed reality stuff? Let us know in the comments well, because I'm not really sure. Yeah. A couple things. Uh, so Facebook did, do some legwork here and prove that listings with mixed reality trailer on them seem to perform better on, on the storefront and sell more copies than listings without a mixed reality trailer. So there's obviously getting people into VR aspect to it that I think is just superior. And you go back to the original 2016 HTC Vive campaign from HTC and Valve where they showed one-to-one -one, like throwing a stick to a dog a, a robot dog type thing is just incredible and the the tangent i want to go off on here is i've i've thought about this a lot and i go back to it like months ago where i talked about this concept of a pocket full of roms where i've got roms for games made in the 80s and 90s that i would like to play with one of you and I would like to play like an old, I don't know, Sonic or Mario game from the 90s with one of you in VR. How could we do that? What are the technical hurdles? How many big brothers are out there stopping us from technically doing what I just outlined? Now, the games I just described, I play, I pay a subscription to Nintendo. 
where Nintendo has licensed all of those games. What are the things, again, holding us back from being able to play that together? You notice over on Steam, there is a remote play together feature. I'm absolutely convinced. Yeah, Heaney's went and found this video. The remote play together feature on Steam is going to end up being one of Valve's killer features in the long term over on what they can bring to a platform offering with a standalone VR headset if they ever actually get there. ROMs being one example, a pocket full of photos, a pocket full of videos, a pocket full um, of sunshine. Oh, that's a song. <laughs> and the example I'm thinking of here is like in the real world, I've got physical items like my phone that I can use to do things like take videos. And why can't I pull out my phone in a virtual space and take a selfie with it just like I can a virtual camera? There's just so many things that need to talk between these layers. And there was a comment made by Bosworth in that same AMA where he says he thinks that uh, VR headsets are going to replace a lot of items. Like these glasses will eventually replace so many of the things that we need in the physical world. And I think that part is true. But I'm also really, we, we have yet to really get this sense of all these capabilities that we really want selfies or sharing content i just i'm so i'm who's going to stop this like the platforms can't as much as the platforms want to make 30 percent from selling you a movie on its storefront they can't stand in the way of this co-located gameplay this is so this is so funny to to watch that video of all those people like there was easily 20 people in that room all trying to play <laughs> Nintendo 64 together. That was pretty funny. Oh, man. I don't know, Ian. The Metaverse Police. Kyle Did Kyle disappear? Yeah, I'm yeah. still... I'm, uh, yeah, the Metaverse Police came for Kyle. You did him right out of the... Meta system, no, Kyle's back. I think he's back. Hey, what triangulator, just thank you for the donation. What just happened? The Meta Police. You said the Meta No, I said the Meta literally. Police, and then all of a sudden it was like, it was like knocking at my door. It's like, hey, Meta Police, <laughs> we're coming in. Oh, man. What just happened? That was amazing. Okay. Guilty of Meta Crime. Oh, Oof. oh, what's funny? My left controller Straight to Meta jail. is updating. Yeah, I have a little that, message that, that says left controller update in progress. Wow. All right. Yeah. Ian, wow. You were going to shout out the triangulator there. Oh yeah. Triangulator. Thank you so much for the donation and your comment. I love the channel and all your great content. Cheers. Mixed reality done. Well, could help the allure with new VR adopters since flat video just can't relay the sense of immersion. Nailed it. The, the example, the, re, the reason I went off on that tangent is imagine holding like a virtual Apple or a virtual anything and like throwing it at a person across the room and them dodging. And they're in the physical reality looking through their phone. That's what we really want out of all of this. And you can only do that with really good human segmentation and amazing tracking across the board. Just want to bring up Nicholas Johansson's comment here. He, he was just pointing out, as we were saying, 
that to be clear, the news today isn't that mixed reality capture has been added to Quest because that was already possible through third-party apps like Reality Mixer and Live. The news here is simply that it is built into the Oculus app for iPhone XS and above to make it much easier for non-technical people to do it. Yeah, that's a very good point to bring up. Okay, I think uh, my hands are back. That's good. Robert bringing up the Valve that they have the remote play together feature, which could make work with VR and combined with remote play together, anyone could do the same. Like that's exactly where we're going. Yeah. If Valve and Steam can bring that to not only like the, their handheld system, if they could make that work with VR, a future VR system, and you're playing 2D games in this co located way. I would lose it. I would love that. I Geese Godin from Virtual Desktop sometimes tunes into our broadcasts. If you leave a comment on this feature, Gee, we will read it out loud. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, messenger calling, Ian. I know you. We, you and I have talked about that quite a bit over the since it's been in, mentioned. Do you really find a value? You and I talk every once in a while, not in the studio. W- would you want me to say, hey, let put your headset on. I'll call you on Messenger in VR. It, it, or is this, this simply necessary for while you are in VR to give an option to have a conversation without leaving your respective title? What do we know about how this would work? Yeah, that's a great question, and I immediately, as soon as this feature hit, or as soon as that update hit, I tried to go in and find it, and I think it's one of those gated features that kind of needs to be active. What I tried first was the party feature, obviously, which is party is going to be making a party and then switching your audio channel from the party chat to the app that you're in, and then to mute. Having that option and having it be usable to the end user and not hidden in a menu or really hard or confusing. It has taken literally years of development on Facebook's side to go through iterations to have that feature. And I was able to find it. What the next step is, whether they're going to activate any kind of fundamental calling feature for these VR headsets. And I'm absolutely convinced that like... (laughs) And it's funny, like, uh, one of, let me think back on this. I sent two emails to Steve Jobs, uh, the former. You know he's dead, uh, right? Yeah, I know. I sent two emails to him before he died. Ah. And it was back when they were rolling out the FaceTime feature for iOS. And the ability to take a call with your phone or your iPod Touch did this amazing thing of wresting some control away from the carriers when it comes to making peer-to-peer calls on cell phone platform. Like, now I could make a, a phone call from an iPod Touch to a phone without having cell service. And I, was, I remember being blown away by that at the time and emailing like Steve Jobs and saying, hey, are you going to add iPod Touches or another way other than a phone number for you to actually add and and be able to participate in these calls. Where is the VR equivalent of that? How can you add a a VR headset to our existing phone calls? You pointed out to me that I could take a FaceTime call using the progressive web app architecture. And 
I did get that up and running. But like, when what when will we have VR headsets that sit on our dock and either you hear a knock on them or a phone ringing sound, and then you put them on and you decide whether to answer the call or not? At some point, that has to happen, right? When my phone rings right now, like it actually rings that somebody is making a voice call to me. I ignore it because who's I, calling I, me? I, like I will. Yeah. I, all right. The one thing that Steve Jobs story, uh, I, I will say he did respond. That was the missing piece. He did respond to one of those emails. So I did get an email reply that like. To, from Steve uh, Jobs. Yeah, I did. Wow. I, I did get one reply. Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, if he emailed Steve Jobs today, Ian. He'd yeah, I don't think I would get a response. You. Yeah. He'd probably yeah. ghost you. Okay. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I'll be here all day. I saw all that right. coming halfway through the joke. I know. I, and I've been, I was sitting on it for so long waiting for you to stop talking so I can do that man. joke. Oh, I love it. It is funny, though, because phone calls in and of itself, like voice phone calls, just don't happen anymore. Talk, talk, text, and data, but not really. Just text the data mostly <laughs> i love the new pixel feature where in there's a third option now instead of just answer or ignore there's screen where the google assistant will actually take the call and do a transcript of it doing the call for you it's very useful mm. well they, the, the reason i got into this is he, he we were just debating whether he could support the destinations feature that's on quest and i think i i, I was digging into this destinations feature and there's like a line, I think, on the destinations feature, whether you're like in, you're actually in an immersive headset to be able to go to the destination. If you're not actually in a headset, maybe you can't actually go. But like Heaney, that I'm fascinated by this, like mechanically, if you, me, and Kyle are in a party on the Oculus system, how would we go to walkabout mini golf and a specific course in Mont- walkabout mini golf? And take our audience with us. Could, how would that work? Us three could go, sure. Take the, take the audience with us part is the part that I don't understand how that would work. But of course, yeah, in a party, you just open the party and go launch app and pick walk about mini golf and pick the course. Quite a few apps support that now. Arizona Sunshine as well. But yeah, I don't know. How would the audience come with us? That's a completely different question that I don't think has any good answer mm. anytime soon. Well, you can't just put them in a pocket full of audience. Like your well, OBS. I, how, how could OBS we do would that? switch it over. Basically, whatever. So Hollywood. we're OBS is streaming what you see right now, Heaney, right? Yeah, sure. It's streaming a, a, right. a Windows PC app, which is running yeah. this studio and deciding to automatically switch the cameras. But how would it then open up a version of mini, Walkabout Mini Golf, a PC version designed for a 2D non VR viewpoint? It would have to, the game itself would have to be designed for that. That's where I that's where I get curious about the mixed reality capture tool. If Walkabout Mini Golf supports mixed reality cap, maybe Beat Saber is a better example where we know that they're pretty robustly supporting the mixed reality. But like, how I'm would sure we, then, if th- I, then you would be streaming from the phone? Yeah. So what I'm imagining is like, what if we had a, a phone or a pad hooked up to OBS, and then we, yeah, we switched basically from being here in the studio to that OBS view from a phone and just do that right at the moment we go in. Is that how, is that how it would work? I don't know. This sounds like disaster. And that's, but that's what you got to try those things. That's how yeah. we figure out what works and what doesn't. 
Yeah, I think long term, what will what will need to happen for that to be really seamless is they'll need to be able to be cloud clients for these games that are designed solely as these headless cloud clients just for streaming. It, it's conceivable, but it would need a lot of platform integration and developer support. Can, can we talk a little bit, Heaney? Let's get in in the nitty gritty of the dev section of this. When we talk about all these games that you can do the mixed reality with, which is only like a handful, a pocketful. What what needs what does the developer need to do to allow that mixed reality or overlay or whatever you want to call it? Don't they have to do something special in their development process to allow that type of thing to happen? It's nothing complicated because it's a built-in feature of the Oculus Unity integration. So the Unity package that you as a developer of a VR Unity app would download to support Oculus in the first place. It's not necessary to download this. You can use the built-in support, but for any of the platform features and even any of the interesting features like hand tracking, you'll want to download it. So I'm pretty sure the vast majority of Oculus apps do have this already. For, at that point, it is a few clicks and a few lines of code. So you do actually get a lot more support for this in games than people would think just because it's been supported. And that's how those third-party apps like Reality Mixer have been able to support this feature for a year or more. But now what we're just seeing is simply that feature is supported in the Oculus app. But whenever you see this, people do Beat Saber and all these other things. But what, where's after the fall? Where's I want I wanted to watch that, not from one of the person's perspectives, but from a third-person view. Where where is like how come that's not happening more frequently? Yeah, it's really hard to do this stuff live. That's another so, thing to talk about. Like our show here, doing this live on the internet, we've encountered every single a bug imaginable where you've got a different reality than the reality that I'm seeing. Like it's so hard to do this stuff live, and that's especially yes. true of broadcast. Yeah. So the main issue with things like After the Fall is that those games are very heavy so what is what the oculus integration is essentially doing for mixed reality capture is rendering a third eye and in something like beat saber or a a simple puzzle game where you're in a very simple environment that's taxing but not the end of the world but in something like after the fall it's pushing a quest to a mobile chip to its absolute limits a third eye is just going to push you beyond that limit and you're going to get to the point where the person in vr is just going to have a very low frame rate a juddery experience so that's why you don't really see it on those higher end games yet that opens there are that's it's an interesting conversation because the question is how when (laughs) we do want to keep pushing these headsets to the limit do you get these higher end games streamed in mixed reality the possible solutions could include the phone running a dedicated mini client of the game the pc running a separate client or like I said before, a cloud client that's on a platform level, which is probably the preferable option, but will take years of platform kind of services and building to get to that point. Ian, what are I'm you smoking tired. over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm lost it because I'm remembering back to the After the Fall stream that Zena, Jamie, and I just did. And he's got a review in progress up on the site, but obviously it's going to take a couple of days to get the full thoughts out there. But there was this whole moment in our stream where Zena is streaming the pc version of after the fall and one of the giant zombies has fallen butt up in front of us and it's like sending its shiny butt out for xena to look at in beautiful pc quality for her to consume and then over on p over on my quest i'm not getting that quite a same experience and then there was another point in the in the like the zombie fighting 
where I saw a zombie hanging from the roof. And it was really funny because you could shoot it and it would wiggle in really weird directions. And I couldn't tell which of those funny things the other people with me at that moment could could see. And thinking of the mixed reality, we're like, this giant zombie butt is right in front of me. It's the most awkward, weirdest thing imaginable. I wished it was funny to imagine a mixed reality capture of that whole scene of like just this giant zombie button and all of us standing around it in a semicircle on three different continents pointing out the zombie. Like we, we really truly are in the world of idiocracy <laughs> now because it's just a butt on the screen. Ian wants just the zombie butt on the screen. We did this whole thing. We spent a few minutes <sighs> of it and that's the true power of mixed reality is we could we could all point at the weird zombie button, how it looks different on Quest versus PSVR versus PC. That's that's what we could do with mixed reality. But okay, uh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So Heaney, the essentially uh, power consumption rendering the third eye. For those of you who are into that sort of thing, the third eye is hard to render. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do we want to talk about anything else on Quest version 35? Yeah. All right. Let's oh, do well, it. Actually, yeah. You know that you mentioned Quest. I thought you were just going to say mixed reality. V35 does bring in what we announced at Connect Clyde backup. So the old glitchy, only supported in a few apps, Clyde saves have now been replaced with a little option in the Quest settings that will automatically back up all of the apps, saves, and settings and everything. So if you want to reset your quest or you want to uninstall and reinstall an app, you get all your data back. So that is actually arguably the most important feature of V35 to most people. All right. Cloud backups. It's what quests crave. Okay. Next piece of news. Looks like we're going back to the Steam VR survey. Quest headsets now make up more than 40% of Steam VR, MetaQuest, and Quest 2. You see how nice that rolled off my tongue, just MetaQuest? Uh, make up more than 40% of Steam's VR usage in November. That's pretty substantial. Are, are you, you haven't quite gotten your Pac-Man yet. Yeah, I'm still Ian. mad. Like, I, I just, he refuses Pac-Man. to change up the colors. I can't yeah, stand it's it. Like, it's the only comment I have here is, that blue one should be yellow. I don't know. Oh, what, yeah. what, well, I mean, yellow we'll is definitely other. Get, so we're actually getting close to the point where we'll have enough data to really make a compelling video on that. The Valve changed its methodology back in March 2020. So we want to have a long range of reliable data before we make a video on that. But we eventually will. And Ian will get his Pac-Man as you watch Meta slowly eat the market. But yeah, the news here is that standalone headsets that run their own operating system and battery and connect to a PC via streaming, they are now beyond 40% of Steam. So only 60% of headsets that were used on Steam VR in November are good old-fashioned raw PC headsets over HDMI and DisplayPort. And that and that framing of like only 60% Heaney, like if we see this percentage get larger, we've been staring at the two point whatever percentage, like however many, what is it, 1.85% of all Steam VR users or Steam users have VR headsets. Is that what it is? Yep. So we've been staring at this number month after month, and it's been hovering around the same percentage of all Steam users. 
The problem is that Steam percentage users, like they could be adding millions of more Steam users each month. And that percentage would stay the same even if more VR users were getting added each month to the Steam numbers. But if that previous chart, if the 41%, if it goes to 46%, Heaney, um, can we attribute that to straight growth in um, the standalone market, like adding just pure new PC VR users to the mix? Yeah, that's, that's a great point that you bring up. What this metric measures isn't the raw number of VR users. It's how does the number of PC VR users maintain growth with the general growth of PC gaming in general? And what I think we can look at the fact that Quest 2 itself grows while the others start to decline as, an, as a measure that there's at least some overall growth going on here. And as you say, throughout the pandemic, as you allude to, sorry, throughout the pandemic, we know that PC gaming has been growing at unprecedented rates so we sometimes you see people look at this figure and note that it's gone down from its all-time high of above two percent but you do have to balance that against this general pc vr growth i I have a comment about this this is an inaccurate description i'm gonna cause a kerfuffle here steam users with vr headsets how do you know there it's a are random people, sample. You've you've had well, some issues with the hardware survey, haven't you, Kyle? Like Heaney has gone into it in the past, but no. Very specifically, I know numerous people who have a VR headset and have Steam, but do not use the VR headset with Steam titles. So they never connected a VR headset to their Steam. Yeah. There's a whole chunk of those people that exist out there that don't have their VR headset connected to their Steam, but they have one. Yeah, as a full phrase, it should probably be Steam users with a VR headset that used it on Steam VR in November. That is the full, that is exactly what we're seeing here. But I guess for brevity, they do have to shorten it. But it's a good point. A lot of standalone users probably never actually connected to their PC, even if they do have a a VR capable PC. That percentage is going to be higher. It's going to be way larger of the people that, that have standalone headsets and never connect them to PC versus people that have PC VR headsets that never connect them to Steam. Yeah. And I'm nitpicking just for the sake of clever debate that this does not accurately represent the number of people with VR headsets who also have a Steam account. It's it, This is like the minimum presence. This is just the lowest number it could be. Yeah, it's, it was... It- it at least tells you what how many people were using Steam VR in November, or at least what percentage of PC gamers were using Steam VR. And I guess, yeah, you're right to say that it doesn't encapsulate the whole of PC VR usage or the, even VR usage in general. Yeah, the per, the percentage of PC gamers using VR each month on the leading storefront is what this measures, and it's still a use useful. So that's a useful measure, even if it doesn't measure everything. You know what we haven't seen? All of our charts are pie charts or circles or whatever. Where's the bar charts? I want bar charts of all these numbers. What would the bar chart see be for? The growth. I want to see every month that we talk about this. I want to see we, how it goes we, up. So, so what we really, have to do is, uh, so there's another website out there that does that with those bar charts. And what they do is they take a number that Valve put out five years ago 
that says this is the number of Steam accounts we have in this year. And it's, let's say it's 100 million or 80 million. Then you go out there and say five years later, Valve has said that we've got 120 million Steam accounts. And you put that bar chart over time along what we know this percentage is, and you start seeing the growth over time. But Heaney and I have gone over it again and again, and I, I don't like how iffy that Steam reporting number is. It's just, you're talking about a range of a couple million PCVR headsets to many million PCVR headsets, and I don't like that range. Yeah, it's as I was saying to you before, Kyle, we only have reliable data since March 2020. So you just don't have a long term trend yet. We don't have a long enough time. Also, this is fluctuated up and down over time to the point that you don't actually really see any trend. There essentially is no trend. Because again, it comes back to that same issue. You're not measuring an absolute value here. You're measuring how the growth of VR compares to the growth of PC gaming in general. And the growth of PC gaming, anyone that installs Steam on their laptop just became a PC gamer. Whereas the growth requirement for VR is that someone goes out and spends at least $300 in addition to already having a VR capable PC. So unfortunately, as much as we would love to be able to give data like that, it's just not viable yet to do it accurately without making a whole bunch of assumptions that are likely wrong. So this is not news. <laughs> it's not accurate information. I'm, well, just trying to, news- I'm just trying to find some value to it then. Yeah, the news here today isn't about this absolute value. It's about the relative values of what percentage of these headsets that are being used are standalone versus PC. So that's what the graph we had up before was to show. This is just a peripheral part of the news. The main news itself is the graph we had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Put, the, put up that graph again. Like we, um, That's why we're, it's so important that we have, we, we make the GIF, the GIF, or the video of showing this animation over time because only when you see the Pac-Manning effect of what Meta is doing here across all functions. Like every month, Heaney cuts it a different way. This month, we're seeing this milestone passed in terms of all Oculus-based headsets. They're now over 5 out of 10 headsets. Then this month, we're looking at just the Quest 2. This Quest 2 is over X number of headsets. Every month, Meta marches slightly more percentage-wise over all headsets in use. And it's because they're growing the core user base now. Just in the people getting headsets now are people who skipped it for the last five to ten years for good reason. And now they're getting in at a completely different place. And we're going to see these percentages. I'm just so convinced that like that 41% is going to be dramatically larger in the next six months. You used the word Pac-Manning. You verbalized the name. Or is Pac-Manning, wasn't, isn't he a football player, a quarterback? Pac-Manning? Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning? Pac-Manning. Wow, look at this. So I, I was looking at this earlier before the show, and I'm always interested in how Windows Mixed Reality does. So as it stands right now, they're showing growth of 0.04%. I know it's negligible, but it's growth. Like, when was the last time a, a – is this just like the G2? Is yeah. this like – is that yeah, what we're seeing there? it's the reverb G2. It's the only yeah. one that's still actively selling at any serious rate, the only Windows Mixed Reality headset. Man. 
Yeah, no. It's interesting, though, to see that number still be there and <gasps> breathing. <gasps> oh, it's taking your breath. Oh, it's going to go up. I don't know. Uh, valve index. Everybody's talking about the valve index. What is the availability right now of the index? Can you go and order one and get it two weeks later? Or are we still, is there still a backlog? It depends on your country. Which country would you like to know about? I don't know. Zimbabwe. I, I, Zimbabwe, you get in in eight years. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm always curious about that because somebody in the chat earlier said, hey, do we think that the index is going to be a big Christmas, a stocking stuffer? Of course, your stocking would have to be like that big. But I wonder if we could get – it looks like Heaney might be doing some research here. Yeah, I was just checking. Across the US and the UK, it is available within two to three weeks if you want to purchase it. Uh, They do have often stock availability issues, but right now the index is available to purchase. I wonder if they ship out of Bellevue Valve headquarters, because I've actually gone to Valve headquarters to pick up old headsets before, along many moons ago. I wonder if I ordered one right now, could I just drive down the road and go pick it up? You think they Gabe would deliver it to me personally? Here you go, Kyle. At the uh, Valve store, yeah, yeah. I think that it's funny to think of like the Valve Index being a stocking stuffer. It's really hard to imagine like you've slept on it this long and you've got a PC capable of it. Whether you would like your parent had enough money and enough uh, foresight to get that purchase made in advance. Even to have the right pieces, like, son, do you have the controllers? Do you have the base stations? Is that conversation really happening in 2021? Uh, it yeah. seems a little absurd to imagine that that ever happening. But at the same time, I also try to imagine that kind of like that that teenager who wants a career in making VR games eventually or making virtual worlds. What headset do they go and get? this holiday season heaney and if they're going to make like their case to their parent that i need this for my career and my future what headset does that kid make get from their oh that's a good question i can't wait to hear heaney's answer on this i would say definitely not the index especially given that it hasn't <gasps> had any price reductions we're talking about a headset that is now two and a half years old it has lower resolution quite significantly than a headset that's available for 300 dollars. it still requires base stations that field of view is great. That audio quality is beyond anything except the Reverb G2. You're going to get great tracking. But at the end of the day, it is just not still worth $1,000 two and a half years later. Valve needs to either release new hardware or bring down the price of the index if it wants to keep it a competitive product. And that's why we've seen the index's growth stall. I, for years, because you raised the important question, Ian. I don't know how many times I've been asked this question. I'm sure the both of you have heard it numerous times. If I am wanting to become a VR developer, where do I begin? What should I start with? What should I get? And since the very beginning, when Gear VR came out, I said, if you're going to get into VR development, develop for mobile first. Do not go and try to make that big, high-end PC VR title that's going to require a 3090 Ti to run. Build something that will run on mobile and then look to tweak it to make it even better for PC VR, maybe different texture packs, that sort of thing. 
Heaney, I'd be curious, what advice would you give to a new developer, brand new, straight out of high school, just bought a Quest, or should I buy a Quest? I guess it's what we're saying is that you should buy a Quest too. But what would be your advice in terms of Kyle answered his own question in the question? Like, (laughs) no, yeah, in terms of advice, just in general. I think we can all say here. Obviously, we we try so carefully to give recommendations that are broad and let people make their own decisions. But given the way the market is right now, it's unfortunate to say this, but there really is no other headset to buy than Quest 2. And I think that's not a very controversial thing to say. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish I didn't have to say that. Hopefully in 2022, we start to see that not be true anymore. It is controversial to say. That's what I think this moment in time is. is a whole bunch of people going, why are you letting this happen? To like the market, right? Like, why are you letting this one headset own the market? And that's it. You're right. It isn't controversial. It's because it's true. But I think there's a certain sense of just, just defeat amongst. If you go back over the history of HTC just getting destroyed as Facebook brought to bear its ability to take a loss on hardware. Yeah, I would say. If you're ideologically opposed to Meta to the point you will not purchase their hardware or you do not want to have a personal Facebook account, which is required, the only other headset worth buying is the HB Reverb G2. It's at $600 and they recently slightly updated the hardware to improve the vertical range of the controller tracking, which makes it a little bit more viable. So yeah, if Quest 2, but if you absolutely will not buy a Quest 2, HB Reverb G2. Or if you've got a PlayStation, try to get a PSVR headset on discount. But I, it's hard to recommend that yeah. headset in 2021. Wait for a PSVR 2. Yeah, it's coming. But I, I hate saying wait. I still hate saying wait. I, I yet, just I threw think you should a <laughs> image in our... If, if somebody can find a way to throw that up real quick. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I've been looking around, and every year I get the same questions of... How do I answer the question of well, what headset do I get? I've got aunts and uncles and cousins calling me, and I, I feel like the quest to is the only answer. And I'm throwing an image in here, and hopefully we can get this up at some point because there's a very real reason why that's going to be the answer for quite a while, and. Right now, as it stands, how many headsets can you go to a store, an actual retail store, and purchase a headset? So if I wanted to go buy a G2, a Reverb G2, am I all alone now in the studio? Did they both go away, or am I? Oh, no. I guess we're still live? Okay. I guess it's just me for a little while, folks. But no, what we were talking about. Hi, Heaney. Are, are you here? I am. I am. But I, I don't well, like being you, in this seat. I'm not used to being in this seat. This feels so strange. I know. I'm too close. I, I'm being. Am I being ghosted? <laughs> Did I move That's Heaney? Fun. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. You guys pushed me out of the way and Musical took my seat. virtual chairs. So, yeah. I wanted to see if I got the image in the system, and I still don't see that image there. So I've got this other image I have that. Yeah. Anyway, there's just, it was an image of a whole bunch of 
Quest twos in boxes. Oh, the one on Twitter from like Best Buy, the one that yeah. just the yeah. above the how many VR headsets can you go to a store and buy? And I've been saying this for years too, that where are the headsets in store? If I have to go online and buy them, grandma's not going to buy one for little Billy or Susie for under the tree. When she comes to visit, it's not going to happen. But if you can go to a store and actually purchase it, then, Hey, there it is. That's easy. Yeah, I think you know, this is course. a function of manufacturability, though. Quest 2 is by far of the headsets that are available, the easiest to manufacture. That single panel design with the just slotting moving lenses is just a much easier prospect to get out there in millions of units than something that uses a complex mechanical interpupillary distance adjustment combined with spinning motors inside base stations. Just a, yeah. a world of difference in terms of being able to produce millions of them. I feel bad for the kids. And and I'm I'm just I'm really sorry to you kids out there that are going to end up with some sort of Google cardboard plastic knockoff. Oh, here I want an Oculus. Well, we have Oculus at home, and then this is the Oculus. I, I have a feeling that there's going to be some kids that are going to get some stuff this year that the parents or grandparents or relative or whoever is buying you know it buys I'm them curious, the wrong thing. If we did, if we did a stupid video like Meta or Oculus, which VR headset to buy? question mark like how many views do you think you would get from parents who have no idea what's going on trying to understand what their kid just asked for isn't that why we created the new to vr section at uploadvr.com go check it out the new to vr was what do i get what do i what accessories do i need do i have to worry about certain games blah 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 that's what that section of sure, our site is. We, we have it. It's just, I think this, what we've got is this absurd situation where Meta has the most popular consumer product on the market at the end of 2021, and they flip and killed the name while it was on store shelves. It's, it is this absurd situation that won't ever happen again, probably. You move fast and break things. I guess this is what happens, right? You I, rename your product while it's on store shelves during the Christmas yeah. season. But at the other hand, you're still going to sell millions of them and people will get just get through the confusion and go buy your but thing that's just Look at how hard we fought. Look at how hard we fought for people calling it the Oculus. Like, I hated that. I hated that from the get-go. It's it, the Oculus. It, it was never the Oculus. It was always the Rift or the Rift S or the Quest. The Oculus is like saying the Ford. Like, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I get so frustrated at that. And now they've changed it. So is it going to be the Meta? Uh, oh, what well, headset are you running? Oh, it's the meta. Oh, look at him over there. He's playing mm. on his meta. Is that going to happen? I think it might be the meta. I think Kyle might have it right here. That's the name they're going to go to eventually. Oh, I think boy. they'll just say the quest. It seems quest seems like a. Well, they couldn't do that before for when it was the, Oc- the Oculus. Nobody ever yeah. called it. Those of but us in the know do, but. If Oculus uh, is no longer on any of the marketing or packaging in the longer term, I can see that just switching to the Quest. But yeah, it yeah. is interesting to see. But I thought Andrew Bosworth, again, Facebook or Meta's upcoming CTO, answered this question just 48 hours ago. And his answer was along the lines of, okay, 5 to 10 million 
may seem like mainstream to the VR community because it's been in the hundred thousands range for so long, but that's not really mainstream. It doesn't really matter if we change our name this early. Again, I'm paraphrasing his answer here. He was suggesting what's really mainstream is a hundred million and a billion. And by then no one will remember or care what it used to be called back in 2021. We will we'll see if he's right. <laughs> yeah, we, well, will. we will. Oh, we will. I, I already know. get mad at that. Will the mass market? <laughs> that's the question. So I just going to throw out this comment that we're talking about verbs here, right? We're talking about Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg trying to get his company into this place where it is the Google of the 21st century, where Googling is a verb that everyone everywhere uses to, to mean the same thing, searching something. And I know all those people commenting about Kleenex and Facebook had this brand that was the equivalent of Kleenex and they just tossed it out the window. But it's, <laughs> that was funny. It, if they want, uh, oh man, I don't even, I don't even try for those jokes and thanks. Kyle has to point them out to me. Um, but like, I guess it's just absurd to think about this idea that like in, in two years time, meta is this verb. We're, we're going to go on this meta quest outside. We're going to maybe get a meta go headset if they bring back the go brand and go with a $200 option then there's this cambria headset like where what are they what brand do they go with for that is it horizon but like they they quite literally are trying to rebrand the entire organization from the sense of getting people to own the verbs that they're going to be doing with these devices so in our chat here nicholas uh where, where was it here? Kyle, get over it. And I, I, I am not, I am, I'm just being the old man who's frustrated. I'm not actually like harping on this. It's for conversation purposes because it is something that has happened is that they have changed their name midstream. As Ian pointed out, it's like, did you really pick the right time of the year to make this choice? People are saying the Oculus all of the time. And now it's not called that anymore, even though the boxes on the wall <laughs> actually say Oculus. I wish we could have gotten that graphic up, but there, there's a picture of just all these Oculus boxes. And I, I, I do think that their timing was poor. And to what Heaney was saying, Boz is, eh, get over it. It's fine. It'll be all right. Nobody will care. All right. Okay. I guess I'm over it there that easily. Thank you, Nicholas. You've guided me through this challenging time in my life and I will go meta ing like Ian, Ian's throwing down the, the meta ing Pac-Man. I like bicycles name uh, the meta expedition. Cause I think that's where I'm going with this, where there's a couple of things that meta can do here to redefine its approach. One of the things I keep thinking about is literally the numbering system, right? Why would Meta go and follow the numbering systems of mobile phones if they're only going to release like one new VR device every year or every two years? Why not just do what they've been doing and just here's the new quest every couple of years? Right. Uh, and I like the expedition one because like – when you start thinking about the amounts of time that they expect you to spend with these headsets, there are certain ones where maybe you just want to get in for five to ten minutes. Maybe there's another one where you want to spend 20 minutes to two hours. 
But maybe there's another headset where they really expect you to spend two to eight hours a day in that headset. And you can think about the, the amount of time being connected to the kind of brand that they maybe want to go on there. So we had Quest, and then we had Quest 2. And then do they do Quest 3, the questioning or the meta-ing? Call Quest after that. I don't understand why they wouldn't just like, just call it Quest at one the point. New, and new you, Quest. You get you like buy Coke. in at that level, like that's your subscription plan. You you get a new one every whenever they come out with it. And like, why not just go that way? You're gonna have to build these things for your prescription, for a lot of personalized details. It makes sense to like, buy into some kind of system that lets you update every couple of years. Yeah. Oh, wait, you're talking about like subscription hardware? I I would be very surprised to, to see Meta not go that route where like you just buy in at the $10 a month or even the free tier eventually if they can actually get to that kind of scale. And when the new free headset comes out, you get one shipped to your door. Or when, you know, the new $100 headset comes out that you actually pay that subscription for, you get the new one. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. That's what Apple's doing. Yeah, Apple does that already with the iPhones. It, it seems like it, no reason it shouldn't come to VR eventually. I, I don't know if I'd be down for that. And, and over on the Apple side of things, you buy the Pro tier, the iPhone tier, the Mini tier, or Pro Max. Like They've got hundreds, literally hundreds of iterations when you account for all the different colors and sizes of phones. But VR will eventually get there where... You've got to get a headset that's sized for your particular body. They're going to have to have lots of different iterations of these things. I keep waiting for the day where I can just scan my face, get a nice little scan of it, and send it off and have a face plate made, a face gasket made for my quest to fit perfectly onto my face. Because I'll tell you, after a little while, my cheeks, they start to get a little rosy and feel like i'm constantly smiling of course i am constantly smiling you know that's just me but he hmm. had the weirdest look in his face earlier in this thing where like the the it, it left him on the smiling face so he looked like the joker yeah. for a good 20 minutes of this <laughs> yeah, you, you, you had a little creepy like the joke like you were in the constant state of enjoying yourself which i that, mean that can't be that would be terrifying in, in vr <laughs> to see if he's smiling at you like that. <laughs> thankfully i don't think it was like that on the stream yeah, but I I think that idea of shaping the facial gasket to your face is interesting, though. Personally, I hope the headsets just go the way of getting so light and compact that it isn't an issue rather than this constant current effort of balancing it out and clamping it to different parts of your head yeah. just because it is that yeah. 500 gram box currently. As a bespectacled individual oh, there, I no. said it for you, artful. Pistol whip. Uh, pistol whip. No, as a bespectacled individual, I have iterated through the many generations of styles of glasses, and I can remember the ones that I had when I was a kid that were so big that if I smiled, I smudged the bottom of the lenses. Those of you who wore glasses know. And then I've gone to the ones with the little nose pads, and they sit on your nose, and then after a year or two of wearing that style, you get these little indents on your nose. It's really creepy. I then now I'm switched back to the kind of military Gomer pile style glasses, and uh, it just 
sits, but now I'm always worried about my glasses sliding off my down my nose and then I'm looking over them like an old man. I feel like I'm doing that with the VR headsets too. Different weight, different styles, different ways that it attaches to my face. There's different challenges. Some are uh, way up high. Some of them, I'm adjusting my headset. You guys so, can see that, but yeah. Kyle, I'm just like going to throw this out there. Did you, When was the last time you got your prescription, like you actually got your eyes checked? It has been a minute, probably two minutes, and that did is they, bad. Did they Actually, take a picture of your uh, retinas? Um, no. What? what yeah. Wait, what? Take a picture well, of my retinas? Yeah. Last time I went to the eye doctor, when I actually got my prescription filled the one time, I remember the doctor uh, specifically took images of my eyes. And I, I, as I recall, the idea being that you could come back five or ten years later and potentially see changes in your retinas that uh, you wouldn't be able to see any uh, otherwise. Maybe you get an early look at something that could hurt you by having that kind of insight over time, the same way I, an x-ray could give you that. Insight. I don't know. I don't know about that, man. I don't want them taking pictures of my retina because then what happens when retina scans become a thing? And it, this is some like tinfoil hat stuff. Oh, man. I just set off. I don't like no, all I'm getting at is that these, when we start talking eye tracking, we start getting to a layer of like looking inside your body and seeing your rhythms and using machine learning to look at those things to find insights about your health that you may not realize. So like Apple is doing this thing where it's nudging you in the right direction all the time, where they've got these circles on your fitness bands that you try to you know close each day. You have to stand up out of your chair 10 hours a day. You have to exercise for a num certain number of minutes and actually be active a certain number of minutes. Like nudging you is the positive way of showing you all that data. Meta is going to go down that same exact route with all the data that they can get out of these headsets. But it is very. It starts to get very scary when you start thinking about the things these headsets can know about your health before you do. Yeah, it is freaky. You talked about eye tracking and something that we haven't talked about yet because we really don't have a mainstream consumer product out that does eye tracking. Wait until everybody finds out that your eyelashes, if you have big, long, luscious eyelashes like I do, Man, it screws with the eye tracking something awful. So we we haven't talked about that, but we will someday when that becomes apparent. Or if you have like really squinty, lazy eyes or your there are other problems with eyes. There's all sorts of different reasons why eye tracking wouldn't work for everybody. It's just like people who have outlier IPDs. Like if your IPD is like set, if like your ET like VR is a bad thing for you. I thought that was funny. Xfinity had that commercial where ET was wearing the go yeah. in that, in that commercial. And there's no way ET would ever be able to do a <laughs> VR headset. No headset can handle ET's IPD. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. That was a random tangent. Hey, should we, uh, yeah. Should we jump in? Yeah. 3d. <laughs> oh man. Digging deep in there. All right. Well, should we talk about the last piece of news? Because I think our thumbnail kind of requires that we do. Oh, is it Gabe? Are we going to talk yeah. about Gabe Newell? I guess so. Oh, wow. All right. Let's do it. All right. So, last piece of news for the day. Valve CEO confirmed work on new headsets back in May. 
Gabe Newell talking, made some comments confirming work on new headsets and games at Valve, which went unnoticed until recently. I, I sadly, it's Bradley that that found this. Right? Is that accurate? Yep, Brad Lynch. Sadly, it's Bradley. Find it. I'm not sure if it was him specifically or one of his fans on his Discord, but for sure he was the first to surface it. But these comments came from back in May, so no one really picked them up until now. And Gabe simply mentions that they are working on headsets, plural. So that's oh. a that's an interesting thing to say. When I heard this originally, I thought, okay, but they do a million internal headsets like all the time i don't know yeah i've got the exact quote here he says we're making big investments in new headsets and games for those application categories vr and ar but also looking further down the road and saying what does that evolve into and the context here is that this was a talk about or or gabe was currently talking at the time about brain computer interfaces and he was giving his view that vr and ar are just transitionary technologies towards direct brain computer interfaces and as he was pointing out that is not a universal view and that is not a non-controversial view so dell i see you in the chat here you want to drive to bellevue with me and we'll go knock on the door we'll be like gabe let us in give us these headsets i, I don't he's really not, think he's that not even happen. there he's He's in New Zealand. You're going to have to get up. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He, I, I imagine there's like a Gabe, like virtual bot, you know, that if just kind of Gabe, runs around. You're a billionaire. Bot. All right. You're yeah. Gabe Newell. You're a billionaire. Yeah. It's a company that made all the special effects for all those Lord of the Rings movies just sold to Epic's metaverse. So they're doing things with Epic. There's all these Hobbit homes. I yeah. would buy out all the hobbit homes in new zealand and turn them into valve south right that could be (laughs) valve south headquarters in the southern world and turn it into a i don't know vr ar research playground yeah but isn't new zealand locked down like you have to have a solid gold gift card to get in or entrance card valve can pay for a, a, a new immigration system there where you just you leave all of your <laughs> goods and items from the other continents at the entry point and go through the the air, air what's the rooms that you go through in a space station airlock. yeah airlock go through the airlock yeah. and then you're free to go into new zealand and like i was saying though i i do think that these headsets that he was alluding to are are simply internals I was, I've been to places and seen things. I don't want to break any NDAs or anything, but a lot of times people with stuff on their head and I'm like, that is a headset. And then you never see it again because it's an internal prototype. And I am pretty sure that's what he was referring to. I don't think we're talking about valve lining up a a series of real legit headsets that are going to be consumer ready. I don't know, Heaney, do you think that's what he's talking about, or is it just iterations of what they've already got going on in development? I think it's impossible to tell, but I think these are two separate questions here. There's one question is, does is 
Gabe referring to products that are in development. And the second question is, will those products ever actually see the light of day? Because Gabe has made a lot of these big statements in the past on VR, and few of them have actually come true. For example, when the Index launched in, in June 2019, two and a half years ago, uh, he said that they're looking into several methods to making it wireless. And two and a half years later, we haven't seen any tease or any detail or product announcement of any sort on that front. In February 2017, he called wireless VR a solved problem and said that it would be an add-on that year and that headsets from 2018 onwards have, would have wireless built in. So I think this is just another one of those claims by Newell that may or may not come true. And we need to wait for real concrete product announcements from Valve to really make an assessment of mm. their interest in this space. Can I make a couple of comments? I want to apologize first for getting that wrong about what that was. It was Unity that bought what the special effects company, not Epic. But still, that's going to be a yeah. big play from Unity to right. combine those. If Epic had- Maybe actually no, it's probably been two years. So who who the hell knows where it's gone? Oh, we're back on. Oh, hi. Okay, yeah. So to answer Norman Robinson, he asked the question: How do you verify the identity of people within the metaverse without a retina scan verified by a CA, such as GoDaddy, etc.? Uh, 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 that is one method: uh, bio scan, bio this, bio that. that that's one way, but license people as dri- dri- driver's licenses I- I- ids passports none uh, of that has any biometric type of um, thing i don't know facebook it's not like people are randomly making new facebook accounts all the time ian <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i did that yeah i set up a i set up a new facebook account quite recently just to test something because i wanted to see what happens when you set up a new headset these days is it possible to do it without a facebook account and no i didn't i did need to go and set up a facebook account but i did set up a new oculus user id in the year 2021 which was a little strange to do at the same time yeah so we've got this picture of gabe up now i feel like i could cosplay as gabe if i wanted to what, do do you think I could yeah, transform I myself off. into Gabe and screw with people at expos and stuff? Yeah, you could pull it off. I don't know if he needs back. I don't. Oh, I know. I just I ju- just joined in there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm I'm considering it. If you had one of those people who's like an expert at costumes and disguises, like one mm-hmm. of those intelligence agency people, I'd say you could probably do it. Be a lot of effort. <laughs> He, he took that seriously as like I know some people in the CIA who could, uh, yeah. who could pull that off for you. Yeah, I could make that happen. I feel like a lot of people would be very annoyed, and you would probably only get asked this, the same question the entire day, and you'd probably get you would probably get just as annoyed. You would understand why Gabe moved to New Zealand when all you heard was the, the number three over and over again. So oh. what I would do is when if I was cosplaying as Gabe, and somebody came up really thought I was Gabe and said, "Oh." Half-Life 3, I'll be like, don't worry, it's coming out on the Index 2, which we're internally calling it the Glossary. 
And then I would just walk away and wait for the internet to explode with that news. Is that all right? So, all right, go back to the verification thing. The one, the one. <laughs> back to that original question. I think the ability to have small groups verify each other is an interesting thing, and having just a number or a random string being like the identifier between people, and then having nicknames that you can all identify there there is like a federated decentralized way to verify one another in very large groups of people but is it going to be any easier than just a submit your photo id i don't know i get really i don't get hung up on this because the whole idea of the metaverse is that you don't have to be who you really are. Well, the, oh, man, this opens up a whole bucket How of exactly questions and comments. Did we get from Gabe's comments to did, there was a there question. Was a question. authentication? Oh, okay. There I was a super it. chat question. Somebody paid for us to talk about this, so we're doing it. Brought to you by Carl's <laughs> Jr. <laughs> That's true. If you have a question, put some put, – put your – Put some money hey, behind that question you're and maybe to, we'll address it. I if mean, you're willing to pay for it, I'll answer any question you got. Uh-oh. It may not <laughs> be a good answer. That's the thing. We're sorry Did, in advance for whatever answer he comes up with because we I can't. didn't say it'd be a good answer. I it just would said be an we answer. would answer it. Yeah. <laughs> My answer to this question is why stay it without a retina scan? Why is a retina scan not a valid way of authenticating? I, I don't know. I guess it is. <laughs> we're all using we're all using fingerprints today. I don't see why a retinal scans any different well, from the fundamental. How many things do you? I mean, well, okay, yeah. I, hmm. I, Heaney and I have talked about this a lot about the language that Meta uses, that Facebook used, now Meta uses in communicating the way its technology functions. Apple is one of the the best at this in terms of just branding something in a way that the technology itself becomes invisible and you get this feature that you trust without even actually knowing how it functions under underneath although yeah sorry go ahead i was just gonna say iid doesn't really roll off the tongue the same way as face id or touch id yeah I, uh, what was the term i the, the eyelids is what i expected them to do for the longest term term and time and then they they got rid of the eye branding like apple eyes is that what we're gonna have in the future eye eyes betty davis yeah. eyes i don't know i just Something. think it's yeah i just think it is funny how sometimes we talk about how the privacy concerns about authenticating this way in vr headsets and then we all pick up this little slab with two cameras and a high quality microphone and a fingerprint sensor or a little sensor that scans your freaking face in three dimensions and then verifies you we're already there. We're already we're already in this era of digital authentication through biometrics. I, I've been sitting, and I know the whole thing is all about privacy and personal data and all that stuff. And every once in a while, I find myself sitting there, and I'm staring at my phone, and I can see the little like blinking off in the corner. It's like, okay, it's scanning me and all that stuff. And it's, it's are, funny. Is somebody watching me? Is somebody listening the to VR me right headset now? Is, it's funny. Know. The VR headset has actually alerted me to that sensor doing its thing. Like you can, 
you'll often see in the past the review on your Quest Two, the iPhone doing its yeah. its uh, illumination Flicker. of the yeah. surrounding landscape. Yeah, it is funny when I have my pass through on. I was doing Cubism the other day, Heaney, with the pass through, and my phone every once in a while would be like, <laughs> well, I, I'd see it flickering uh, oh. to see if I'm looking at it, and it's a little spooky. And actually, uh, Heaney, okay, all right, everybody listen. Heaney was right. The black and white pass through on the Quest 2 is not adequate for AR. You can quote me. You can chop this out and make a GIF out of it. I don't care. Heaney, you were right. I'm sorry. It's okay. You'll be right when Cambria comes out. Okay. I want to make a couple comments here on the tricorder. I've talked about it previously. Uh, Tricorder is the little handheld scanner device that they have in Star Trek. And I just... The only difference between a tricorder and what we have right now with our iPhone cameras is the user interface, to be perfectly honest. So, like, the camera is looking through and doing object recognition on everything in the landscape. And the only thing we're not, like, getting is all that data about the landscape. There's no user interface yet for showing us all this useful data about the world around us. Uh, there is this quote that's been floating around on floating around on Twitter that it's something like, what is it? Something is the UI of AR. But uh, so, what was it? I'm forgetting the quote now. Someone in our comments will give us the quote. But data is giving us. Um, we need to have incredible amounts of data about the environment around us. And then this, the way things disappear, like become so much fun to look at. One of the things I want is I want visualizations of all the electromagnetic waves around me. I want to see my Wi-Fi base station visualized in the corner of my room, irradiating whatever A, B, G, N, A, C signals it is doing into the air around me. And I want that for my cell signals, for everything. And we'll be able to visualize that with the headsets in the future. Ian, the next time we get together at an expo, I got something that'll make you see that kind of stuff. I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. (laughs) It's true. That is what this becomes comparable to. Norman has asked another question. How does an employer ensure the person within an interview isn't someone else? without a CA of some sort verifying the avatar as the right person. Yeah. So I, I have been a boss and have employed people and have done background checks on folks and asked them questions and stuff. And so it's very unlikely that a person, an employer, is going to be duped by someone into thinking that they're employing the wrong, like somebody who is faking being somebody else. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying the likelihood of that happening is rare. I think Norman is referring to maybe the far future when a lot of the economy is in the metaverse, if that does indeed happen. And I think it does come back to what we were saying. We spoke to Meta when it was Facebook a few years ago. Ian got this answer out of them because Ian asked, 
how will you make sure that someone can't just take my photorealistic avatar and pretend to be me? Because right now, if you want to pretend to be me in this avatar, it's not really a huge deal. But if, if it looks exactly like me, then it becomes a potentially society altering deal. Mm. And they did talk about the fact that an, they're, they're looking into this in a very preliminary sense. But right now, the iris scan is the most obvious path forward. You would lock the avatar to the iris in the same way that you have a password for an account on a digital system. You have a biometric password for a piece of software being your avatar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Eric OBO in the comments says, I wish someone would impersonate me at work. Totally. You do well, the work and I'll collect two, the money. Two funny stories there. Like I do remember this report uh, somewhere in the history of the internet legends of someone who outsourced themselves and then just gave their credentials on a, I can't think of the term, when you're tunneling into another computer, virtual machine, gave that to someone in another country and let them do their job for them uh, and got away with it for quite a long time while they raided in World of Warcraft for six months or something. I think that's one of those internet urban legends. Yeah, I did try to understand this idea of like authentication in VR, and it does seem like inevitable that these headsets are going to authenticate based on your a, a, a whole lot of biometric signals, including face shape and retina and all those things. They, I guess the I'm curious how far we get without those. If you don't have that feature what do you get access to in the metaverse and what don't you get access to if you don't have that authentication layer? And the, the thing that I was laughing about there, Heaney, was like thinking about minting your own avatar as an NFT and how stupid, I, how like I look at the whole NFT cryptocurrency craze as a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of people looking to grift and get money out of unsuspecting people. But there is this concept of locking down personal property as this critical function of all this stuff and if your avatar can't be impersonated then you could have this unique signature that other people can't have or you could sell the rights to that's where you start getting real interesting where like you see the rock go into Fortnite, interesting things start happening at that level yeah, Anthony Hergo brought that up in the comment. This he said NFT avatar could solve this, and it's right that NFTs could solve one half of this equation in that you can then associate an avatar with a unique user ID, but you still have to have that actual association between the user ID and the human being using the headset, because otherwise, what are you associating that user ID to? I think it's important to note that in terms of iris scanning, that's already how you can log into Magic Leap Two and Hololens. Uh, uh, Magically One and HoloLens 2, sorry. They already allow you to log in as that. Microsoft has talked recently about wanting to phase out passwords in general. So I wonder how we'll see that kind of play out to their HoloLens strategy over time. Our avatar is currently fungible. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyone, okay. as long, if someone could figure out your Oculus user ID, which wouldn't be that I don't hard. Know if, they could, were, you he, were you here, they could, uh, Heaney? I don't know if you were here when Kyle wanted to sell his like chest plate to the highest advertiser. Like one of our commenters, he wants to sell and let them put a comment on his avatar. Yeah. Like, I, somebody funge me. 
I'm fungible. Okay. <laughs> look at look at this right here. This tie. You can funge this tie if you wanted to. I'm trying to grab my tie. I can't the head tracking the hand. Yeah. Me. Yes. Man. So yeah, if if you're not going to funge yourself, then you can come funge me. <sighs> Words are funny, especially verbs. Gabe said new headsets, and that's what this conversation is. All oh man, about. I haven't even got to say my piece about the 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 brain research that I did for like two days and just melted my brain trying to figure out what's up with Galia here. All right, so they're calling it Galia. That's what OpenBCI is building. It's a brain computer interface with a whole host of sensors to uh, sense some signals through the the scalp of your head, essentially. And there's this really great chart that was done by, I think it was Media Lab at MIT, where they describe all the different things that they can get out of the different signals that are coming out of this OpenBCI Galia system. But I, I went to the Galia website on the OpenBCI's website, and I signed up for their newsletter. You get their email, and they say, early in 2022, they're going to send out 100 Valve Index headsets with this Galea face gasket and head strap unit going around your whole skull. And it's going to use this BrainFlow API system to give you information about all those extra signals that the system is getting out of all those extra sensors on your head. And that's exactly what gave has been referring to that Heaney referred to back earlier before we, we went off on those ridiculous tangents. We could imagine the headsets that Newell is referring to here could be a proof-of-concept standalone headset from Valve. It could be an Index 2 with eye tracking or any other number of things. It could be still something else entirely. And that's what I'm getting at with an index two could theoretically have eye tracking and some of these Galea sensors, and you've got something that dramatically changes the VR landscape. Can I just point out, Ian, that while Heaney had his head like in between us while he was typing on his computer, you and I both naturally cocked our head a little bit to see around <laughs> him, and I just find that <laughs> valuable to point out that. Yeah. The same social cues of somebody standing on our way, we still leaned over a little bit. But anyway, cast the Glia image uh, if you can. Yeah. Dell uh, yeah, says, I want to it. make a perfect digital twin of myself with perfect AI of myself so I don't have to do Zoom calls. Where can I buy this plugin for Unreal 5? Dell, email me after the, uh, the show and I'll send you. I wrote a plugin that gives you. A- <laughs> I'm not Dell. He's going to love it. It's going to be totally great. I have a, a full size scan of Dell, and I just you just do this with your hand, and it's like a puppet Dell, <laughs> and it works. All right. So this is the image I was able to find on the Galea website that shows the strap portion on the index. This is what this organization is more or less saying that they're going to ship out a hundred of these to the best. People that they've picked from their applicants. So you can go and apply and fill out their questionnaire. I went and filled out this questionnaire, took some screenshots of it. It was asking questions like, How much would you pay for 
a device that was just the sensors on this unit. And it's, is it 1000 2000 or $5,000? It's, I, I thought long and hard about that question. It's like, I would spend $0 on a device that I want all of those additional features, but they, they haven't done anything to sell me on how it's going to make the experience considerably better. And obviously this is like the, the, this device and the information that you can get out of it is going to uh, make the games you'll want to play around like mid-decade, I would think. Yeah, it was interesting to hear Gabe about six months ago talk about the potential uses for brain reading in that if a game is not difficult enough, they can, it can dynamically become more difficult. Or if you're supposed to be afraid in a hard game and you're not afraid, they can adapt it, things like that. I'm not 100% sure. Like you say, we really have to see good demo examples. What we can say for sure is that Newell seems a lot more interested in brain-computer interfaces than he does in VR and AR. And there has always been this kind of assumption in the community that Gabe is the the world's biggest VR and AR fan. But Valve's actions and Gabe's kind of comments over the years don't really support that idea. So it's interesting to see that this is a emerging technology he seems to be interested in, and that's why I see Valve start to put all this effort into the space, including this Gallia hardware. Is Gabe actually like, he keeps talking about that it will lead to this. I've read that several times. He's like, this will lead to the brain interface. It doesn't necessarily give his opinion on it. It's just a natural progression of it. Is he actually saying he's high on this? Like he thinks it's a good idea? Or is oh, he just yeah. saying that he thinks it'll lead there? No, he's in, in quite a few interviews now. He's talked about how he thinks it's a good idea, how he thinks it's going to be very important for gaming. And there is, again, there is this impression i get from him that vr and ar really is just this temporary stepping stone on the way to this brain computer interface and while we're currently in an era where there's a lot of advancements being made in terms of reading from the brain to really get to the kind of future that he's alluding to and that others would allude to what we need to see is some sort of advancement on writing to the brain and i just i can't see how that's going to happen anytime soon not only do you have the issue of how can you actually do it precisely in a way that gives the input you want, but you also have the massive safety issue of what if you accidentally give someone a horrific experience by a software bug, which I don't see how those two issues are solvable in in the scale of decades, never mind. All right, you know. Heaney, you're not allowed to talk about writing to my brain anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the new update. Yeah, I'm having deja vu here. You guys talking your brain about this. I'm like, I'll come to your virtual world. I'll visit with it. I'll put the headset on my face, but I'm not going to give you right access to my brain, bro. Read only. Pocket full of ROMs. Yeah, I, again, I, it's just so interesting to see how much hype there is around BCI when, uh, as far as I know, and I do try to keep up on this, there is really no conceivable technology that exists yet to write to someone's brain. You can read so, and <laughs> huge amount of progress being made, but how the hell would you actually write to someone's brain? Well, I, so- I am dying to see how any of this works. I want to put this on my head and try something. I want to get yeah. a sense of how good this actually is right now. So I think I tried Neurable, I think was the name of it, at a Seagraph a long time ago, several years ago at this point. And it's very similar kind of head strap on a Vive. I think it was an add-on. And there was this little a training session where you go through a demo and it tries to 
you teach it a pattern that like your brain is thinking and then it looks for that pattern in the future. And I think that's what Gabe is getting at with that comment of we have yet to see the no-brainer must-use killer scenario for this. But the moment you use it, you realize you don't want to go back to the system we had before. And I there was even like some comments here where I've come back to this. It's changed over my time with it. But I remember the first year I had Index, I was going back and forth between Index and Quest. Then the second year, I started using Quest 2, Quest more, and then Quest 2. And now this year, I'm using Quest 2 almost all the time. And Index, like, it really have to convince me to break out in Index, set up the tracking, do all those things. Where it's just this, it's, it's so winning out, this standalone experience. But like, if you can add all the extra sensors in here where the things I'm throwing go exactly where I intend them to, that's going to be worth paying. A, a lot of extra money for it. I want a VR headset that knows where I'm throwing things every single time and not like sometimes when I throw something, it flies off into the, into space. I don't want that experience anymore going forward. Just to reply to Opsar's comment here, doesn't right access already exist with Neuralink? No, Musk has talked about that as an aspiration. He has, he, he, neither he nor Neuralink have presented any technology that would actually make that possible. Neuralink is making huge strides in reading though, and you, you can't take that away from them. They are definitely doing that, but there's no, again, what technology would actually perform the writing? How, how does that work? I, I think at some point we're going to have to see like they'll have a monkey attached to like Neuralink. All of a sudden the monkey comes up and he goes, I know Kung Fu and English apparently. That's cool to see that sort of thing. But we had, we're Did you years. see the pig demo? The pig demo was the most yeah. awkward. Oh my gosh. At Neuralink. So odd. Elon Incredibly impressive. Though. Elon Musk going around. Hey, get those pigs to come around. Like he's like really upset that the pigs won't come around. and Like a remote control animal. Yeah, or remote, remote control, control Kyle feature. avatar, apparently. Thanks again. Dell's asking for... another question. Yeah. How, how realistic is it for Apple to come out with a VR HMD or VR AR hybrid, which disrupts meta and the quest? So that is a fantastic question. Uh, the, the word realistic. Question. Yeah, really. Realistically, I believe that within the next... 364 and a half days, there may be some information that can answer your question. The, the, the word disrupt, will a, an announcement of an upcoming product disrupt what Meta is currently doing? No, no, no. I don't when think you're so. talking about announcements. You're talking about the yeah. completely wrong thing. When you're talking about, I'm talking about the price of the device is what would take to disrupt what Meta is doing. Like, how can Apple innovate with its business model in order to disrupt Meta is like the more relevant question because, yes, we expect an Apple headset in the next year or two. We, we think there's enough evidence that it is very likely that Apple's going to do a headset. But they're going to be faced that, with the same thing that Google faced. And that's, they know Meta is going to undercut you on price. And if 
Apple can't differentiate uh, in terms of software or features in a substantial way, uh, it, it could, it might never ship. If, if, if you can't do that, I wouldn't ship it. Yeah. I'll put it Is that it way. safe to assume that if Apple makes the announcement that the item, that the product exists, that that means that it's already in the hands of developers who are creating content for it or is the announcement going to occur before dev kits go out? The first studios, probably a handful of studios, the larger companies will have gotten it before it's announced, just like with the iPad and some of their, their Apple TV uh, when they added. But the smaller studios wouldn't likely get it until the WWDC announcement. But yeah, I think just to answer that question about disrupt, I think it's likely that Apple could disrupt Meta from the sense that they could present a very different view of what VR and AR software looks like, but not in the market because, as Ian's mentioned, the price would just be too high in comparison. I don't think it will disrupt. I think it will add on to the broader – it'll create a new genre of users. I don't think it will disrupt. I think that the VR gaming headset kind of mentality – that meta is pushing right now will still continue. But on the other side, there will be this growth of a more, I don't think people are going to want to play games on the AR headsets. The Apple oh. headsets. I, I, come on, man. How many games have you played in com full completion on a Mac? How many? Just name one. Name one game that you've played on a Mac computer. Maybe Mist. Maybe the original Mist might have been on a Mac. I can't remember if it was a PC or a Mac. I'm not saying that Mac gamers don't exist. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But what does that have I'm to saying, do with playing people, a, a, an AR version of Zombies where we're, you're one of six survivors in your town and the rest of the city is is it, zombies? Like It that's will not, be... Mm. Any compare, See, this is a whole debate what though. you just talked about. Like it's a completely I, I, different universe. I think that people will use the Apple headsets for a different purpose than they will with the Meta headsets. So the, the word disrupt, I don't think it I think it'll just why not both? I, I think both will exist for different user bases for different mm. reasons. Especially if it's true that it doesn't have gaming like controllers, it, you can definitely see that gaming will be less of a focus but we don't really know what the input method will be just yet. It's funny to think of generalized personal computing. This is the target that, that Facebook is meta is going for with the quest Two, And it's something that Apple just spent uh, a, a decade and a half trying to build out with its iPhone platform, which started out with three things, right? It was an iPod. It was a Safari device with the full web. And it was a phone calling device with visual voicemail. Like you could, you didn't have to call your voicemail company anymore to get your voice messages. Uh, a, a VR headset today is a great gaming device, and you can do these amazing games with it. But it hasn't filled out those other use cases yet. And it's one of those things like a notes app, a calendar app, a calculator app. None of the, I have none of those things on a quest, and it's I would expect to see a lot of those things out of the box on a VR headset from Apple. There are quite a number of people in the chat who are making the comment, well, you know, iPhones, that, that, that they've got a very successful gaming. I'm not talking about a smartphone. 
talking about a headset that is supposed to have the silicon to give it the power of an M1 Mac laptop. That's the whole point to this headset. The rumors is that's what it's going to be. Playing smartphone games on your iPhone, it has to be more than that on this headset. If it's just that, then go put your iPhone in a cardboard and have all the developers build cardboard apps for you. That's not what we want. We want an actual legit. A lot of the arguments and debates about the gaming experiences on the current Quest headsets or headsets that are available right now is, oh, the games look too cartoony or the games aren't realistic enough. I don't see Apple coming out with a headset that I think it'll be a Venn diagram. I think there will be a lot of practical applications for it. And I think that the quest will be mostly gaming and stuff. And then there will be this overlap where the Apple does some gaming and the quest does some practical application stuff. I, I, this is just my opinion. You can disagree with me, but I just don't see it being a heavy gaming. Prove me wrong though. Apple, please. I hope I'm wrong on this. Pokemon go. That's the only game it needs. Do you play it right now? Do you play Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go right now? I'm lapsed for the last few weeks, but I did play it but like yesterday. You did I play a it for a little Pokemon. while and then you stopped, just like a lot of people do with smartphone games. Yeah. I, don't yeah, know. I think Go may work better for glasses that you can use outside the home. For in the home, though, I do agree with you, and we will see mixed reality games that take place within your house as the setting. The question is, are those really going to be as compelling and bring people back for hours and hours like the immersive games on Quest 2 do? I do think from a hardware perspective, Mm -hmm. though, we're seeing some people in the comments say that how Apple might differentiate itself. I think Project Cambria, Meta's upcoming high-end headset, will probably, from a hardware and use case perspective, be a lot more similar to the Apple headset than people are expecting. But I'll reiterate my comment again, where I think where Apple could really differentiate itself is software, because the Quest system software is still old fashioned and clunky and based on a one app at a time mentality. And Ian, as you say, if you could have bring up your calculator and your notes app at any time, anywhere within that Apple headset and multitask truly, then they do have an opportunity to deliver something that Meta just doesn't today. I'm excited to see the chat got so lively when I said something controversial about gaming on an Apple device. I, <laughs> I'm so happy to see that is still a vibrant and lively conversation that is happening. So I'm going to throw it out there also, Kyle. There's people have been speculating about it, but I've been, I will claim to have been out there for years now saying that a team up between Valve and Apple has made sense for those two companies for just way way too long and the only thing that would keep them from teaming up is if they want the bigger slice of the pot of the gaming pie like it's all or nothing for one or the other and i don't think i think we're at this point where they're realizing like that's not going to happen that's what this metaverse conversation is largely about is this is too big for one company let's figure out what things we agree on i would love to see a team up between valve and apple to to fill that gap in gaming that you're talking about. I want to mention a QR code. There was comments about passwords, and there was a comment here about LastPass. Passwords suck. Have either of you used a QR code on your TV to log into something? No. Yes. 
yeah, I've used it on Switch where they, they show a QR code up on the TV and then you just pull out your phone and point it at the QR code. Oh, and then, yes, I have. Yeah, it's such an efficient way to log in to some of these devices. Why can't I pull out my iPhone and have the VR headset broadcast a QR code to my phone or like that it lets me log in that way? Like what what's holding up my phone from being able to be a login device for my experiences beyond facial capture? I, Wait, so I should the, be able to. Yeah. The headset reads the QR code on your phone. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, the example I saw, <laughs> I saw this at a um, conference, but like you could imagine the QR, imagine we had a QR code floating in our studio right here. And I take my phone out and pull my headset off and put my phone up to the lenses to be able to do that absurd right no i don't want to ever do that but why can't the vr headset the system whatever this api is know that a camera is pointed at the virtual space and send that virtual content content directly to the phone that's what the why? chips are for that are in your bloodstream now oh my god but wait what right? why would what's the point in using a physical hardware device when you can have a virtual camera in vr with you at any time you just got be a, a virtual object that's tracked one to one a little bit better. But your hands you are already like hold the camera doing this. You're, but you're yeah, doing it right now. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Is this the way we're going to do it? Yeah. Why? Are you why ready? Not? I don't understand. I know that 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 system has been hardware. used. I do think that's a good idea to go like that. I, I just don't understand the leap to why you need to pick off your phone or go into your drawer and find your phone and why the need for a physical piece of hardware for that. Mm, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do this up on my forehead, oh, and it'll no. snap the picture. There you go. There's a shot for you. Screenshot. Yeah. So it looks like we have oh. successfully aggravated all of our Apple fans. That's cool. Just so you know, we're. I'm sporting an, an iPhone and have been for years, and, and I'm sure Dell is very happy to hear that. Ian. You are sporting an iPhone currently, No, I use right? Android. I've only ever used Android. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I use iPhone for everything. <laughs> I've done both. I've learned both the light and dark side of the force. So I feel very uh, multifaceted in my opinions. I just don't play games on my Mac. And I don't. They're so similar these I days. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, I, it's really Android and iPhone used to be so different, but today yeah. it's they're so similar that I don't understand people that have an extremely strong preference one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just try to use both. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, these conversations, they just go off on a tangent. This is why it's so much fun, Ian, when you and I did the whole Q&A thing the other day. For those of you who tuned in for that, we did some Q&A where people came in just to ask us questions. We talked about some accessories as a MacGuffin for the conversation. But yeah, if you guys would like that type of quality content to continue, please make notes of that. Drop us a line. Talk to us on social media, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the and the stuff like that. Yeah, Ian, do, do you, as we close this up, as you can tell, I'm working my way out of the show. Ian, what kind of uh, parting words of wisdom, new, fun, exciting things that are coming up this week that we can tell the audience about? Yeah, you should check back on Thursday to see what Jamie and Zena have to say for the Gamescast. Get more time with After the Fall. We obviously have our first impressions up there, but 
we're entering this last phase of the year where all the VR apps are going to get their holiday updates, their their best face forward for the influx of what we expect to be millions of new headsets opened between now and like New Year's Day. So it's going to be a lot of coverage from us as we try to keep up with all those software updates that are hitting. Cool. Heaney, what about you? I would definitely echo to go and check out Jimmy's review in Progressive After the Fall, available on UploadVR.com right now. Just to reply to but Butter Something's comment, uh, he said, you all for sure need to watch the Sadly It's Bradley stuff. We have, and if you actually go back a few episodes and look where we talked about the Valve Deckard leak on this show, you can hear us give our views on that. We have, how do I say this? We have some of what Bradley is saying is definitely evidence-backed and other stuff we would we would need to wait for more sources until we can start reporting that. Yeah, as much as I'd like to have a a rumor-based show where all we talk about is the rumors, that's not really our cup of tea. Um, I don't know. I, I, do we do we want that? Do we want to start talking more about the rumors? It's not news. We, we don't know for well, sure. So- we do report on rumors when they come from reliable sources or multiple sources, but when it's more yeah. just putting dots together on speculative basis we don't want to go there i don't think yeah uh, but patents are a bad place to start analyzing product plans from and you saw us in this show really break apart some of these comments about headsets that are being pursued if you go back into some of the stuff that valve has done in particular they had something called the vader headset and they said they're on the record as saying it would have cost thousands and thousands of dollars to actually ship that unit with all of those things in it. It's pretty apparent that all of these major companies have the talent and the resources to prototype whatever the hell they want. The question mm-hmm. is whether they actually come out and ship it. So I do want to make a comment here. Beeman Dev has asked, is, is Ian Jared done? From Silicon Valley, I, I have made that comparison myself. So now that somebody else has said it, I'll take the Carl Sagan. I won't. I don't want to be Jared. Jeez, I'll you don't want to be Carl Jared. Sagan. I don't know. Jared's a good character. Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, I do watch all of the stuff that other content creators make. I, I like to keep up on stuff. I, I've seen Brad's stuff. I've seen other shows. I try to join in on chats at live shows that other content creators make i think it you know takes a village a virtual village of all of us to keep y'all entertained and informed yeah and and sometimes there are rumors for which we have information that they are not true and we choose not to report them for example Mm. uh, quite a few of the content creators were reporting around connect that there was going to be a quest 2 plus launched and i said on this show at the time it, it simply doesn't exist and so there are some other things like that you will see where there's information that we see that we don't have enough sources to verify that it's not real, but we have a good indication that it's probably not real. So if you do see a rumor out there that we aren't covering and you're wondering, that's mysterious, why aren't they covering it? It's probably because we have a good basis for knowing that it's probably not real. Yeah, that, that does happen a few times. Yeah. So anyway, if you would like to read legit vetted news, uh, you can go to uploadvr.com and read all the amazing articles that we put up on a regular basis. You can also check out our YouTube channel that has all sorts of amazing, fun videos 
just like this one. Like, subscribe, share, hit the bell, make comments, and all the other stuff. Is that it, guys? Are we ready to rock? Close this one down? Yep. Call it a show? All right, everyone. Hey, as usual, thanks to the live chat in our YouTube channel. And thank you all very much for watching, listening. We'll see you in the future. Bye-bye.